Chapter eighty three of Explanation of Catholic Morals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Explanation of Catholic Morals by John H. Stapleton. Chapter eighty three A Helping Hand. The moralist is usually severe and the quality of his censure is merciless when he attempts to treat the unwholesome theme of moral deformity and all his efforts are mere attempts for no human language can do full justice to such a theme or fully express the contempt such excesses deserve it is just then that when he stands in the presence of the moral leper who blushes not for his degradation he flay with the whip of scorn and contempt scourge with anathema and brand him with every stigma of infamy in order that the load of opprobrium thus heaped upon his guilty head may at least deter the clean from such defilement but if guilt is always guilt the quality of guilt is varied just as all virtue is not equally meritorious so to other sources that personal unworthiness may often be traced moral debility that strives against natural causes necessary conditions of environment and an ever-present and ever-active influence for evil a fall does not always betoken profound degradation nor a stain acute perversity of the will those therefore who wrestle manfully with the effects of regretted lapses or weaknesses who fight down sometimes perhaps unsuccessfully the strong tendencies of a too exuberant animal nature who strive to neutralize an influence that unduly oppresses them against these guilty though they may have been is not directed the moralist's unmeasured censure his reproaches in such cases tend less to condemn than to awake to a sense of moral responsibility earnestness in pointing out remedy and safeguards takes the place of severity against wilfulness for he knows that not a few sentences of condemnation christ writes on the sands as he did in a celebrated case and many an overzealous accuser he has confounded like the villainous pharisees whom he challenged to show a hand white enough to be worthy to cast the first stone evidently such pity and commiseration should not serve to make vice less unlovely and thus undo the very work it is intended to perform it should not have the characteristics of certain books and plays that pretend to teach morality by exposing vice in all its seductiveness oversensitive and maudlin sympathy is as ridiculous as it is unhealthy its tendency is principally to encourage and spoil but a judicious discreet and measured sympathy will lift up the fallen strengthen the weak and help the timorous over many a difficulty it will suggest too the means best calculated to ensure freedom from slavery of the passions the first of these is self-denial which is the inseparable companion of chastity when they are not found together seldom does either exist and by self-denial is here meant the destruction of that eternal reference for self that is at the bottom of all uncleanness that makes all things however sacred subservient to one's own pleasures that considers nothing unlawful but what goes against the grain of natural impulse and natural appetites there may be other causes but this self-love is a primary one say what you will but one does not fall from his own level the moral world is like the physical if you are raised aloft in disregard for the laws of truth you are going to come down with a thud if you imagine all the pleasures of life made for you and become lawful because your nature craves for them you are taking a too high estimate of yourself you are going before a fall 
he who takes a correct measure of himself gets his bearings in relation to god comes to realize his own weak points and several deficiencies and acknowledges the obligation such a state of affairs places upon him that one may sin but he will not go far he may fall because he is human because strength sufficient to guard us against the assaults of impurity is not from us but from god the spirit of humility therefore which makes known to him his own insufficiency must be fortified with the spirit of faith which makes him ask for support through prayer it is faith that makes prayer possible and living faith the spirit of faith that makes us pray aright this kind of prayer need not express itself in words it may be a habit a long drawn-out desire an habitual longing for help coupled with firm confidence in god's mercy to grant our request no state of soul however disordered can long resist such a power and no habit of evil but in time will be annihilated by it the man or woman who undertakes to keep himself or herself pure or to rise out of a habit of sin without the liberal use of divine supplication has in hand a very ungrateful task and he or she will realize it before going far and unless that prayer is sincere and heartfelt a prayer full of faith that will not entertain the thought of failure every effort will be barren of results you must speak to god as to one near you and remember that he is near you all the time then there are the sacraments to repair every breach and to heal every wound penance will cleanse you communion will adorn and equip you anew confession will give you a better knowledge of yourself every time you go the food of god will strengthen every fibre of your soul and steel you against the seductions that otherwise would make you a ready victim don't go once a year go ten twenty times and more if necessary go until you feel that you own yourself that you can command and be obeyed then you will not have to be told to stop you will be safe End of chapter 83